This podcast is brought to you by Blackbee Ministries International. To find out more, visit blackbee.org. Well, welcome to the Richard Blackaby Leadership Podcast. Happy to have you with us. My name is Sam. I'm your host. And joining me is Dr. Richard Blackaby. Good to see you again, Sam. I understand you guys are under the weather over there at your yeah, house. I think uh, whatever it is that you had the other week, I <laughs> think I took home with me and gave oh, it to yeah. my whole well, family. Well, I got it. I think I got it from your family. Before. Well, I don't <laughs> We're know. Passing. Yeah, it's, it's that season. I feel like every everyone I talk to or hear from is either going into or just coming out of some sort of illness and it's yeah. just uh, I know i've heard the flu season is really yeah. unusually brutal this year so yeah it's all been rsv and flu and covid and everything i think has been uh, particularly bad this fall for us here in the northern hemisphere hmm. um but uh you know i i was thinking that um just sort of a, a i guess a, a truism or a, an observation about people is uh, I've, I've known people who are um, very good at getting things done. They're very motivated. They're very productive. And it just seems like every time you turn around, there's they've completed some other task or yeah. venture or, or what have you. And then other people that uh, um, sort of don't ever seem to get things done or just chronically behind. Um, and uh, And I know you've seen that as well. And... Um, we've got someone who's written a book about that as, as yeah. well. And we, you know, we've, I know you've been, um, uh, I know you have slowed your writing routine because, uh, you've been reading a lot more lately too. So yeah, this will be our, our third installment of a book review. Yeah. I'm uh, trying to get caught up on this stack of books on my desk and, uh, I'm actually, uh, I, we did a book review last week on a book by Carrie Newhoff and, um, I've got, I'm actually going to be talking with him later today. And so I was trying to just get caught up on some of his books. And so I, I'd picked three of his books up and, uh, I thought I would just talk about another one since I've been kind of blitzing through them. Uh, he has some real helpful insights and he's got a book called at your best, how to get time, energy, and priorities working in your favor that uh, came out just a year ago, 2021. And, um, he has some interesting things to say. He, he, he says a lot of stuff that I have been either saying as well or perhaps intuitively just experiencing. And um, I thought maybe just share some of his insights from that book and then uh, maybe just talk a little bit about some of those issues. Uh, and he says uh, th- there, there are always people that are struggling uh, with not enough time or energy to get everything done that they feel like they need to. And, and Sam, you're right. There are people that it just seems like it's unbelievable how much they get done. I mean, they're writing a couple of blogs a week. They've got maybe two or three podcasts. Uh, they're preaching sermons. They're working on books. They're, you know, traveling and running an organization. And you just think, I mean, a lot of them have staff that help facilitate a lot of that or do research and technology, but still just to maintain that pace week in and week out is, is phenomenal. Well, I think especially in the creative space when you're having not even necessarily creative as in artsy but creative as in you're having to produce something you know original to you that that is that is very taxing yeah uh, to, yeah to, to, to keep a schedule of that up well and you know there's a and he says there's a lot of people that have thought about writing a book but just can never seem to find the time and 
And then there are those that are burning out uh, still. Burning out, burnout is a huge issue, uh, yeah. and oftentimes for people in the church and ministry. Um, and th- there's, we've talked a lot about this over the years, uh, and yet it seems like people continue to struggle with it. And he says something interesting that I certainly identify with. He says, uh, I spent the first decade of my life in leadership convincing myself that I was just in a busy period. <laughs> uh, and he goes yeah, I on, can relate to that. He goes on to say, if, if your busy season has no ending, it's not a season, it's your life. And that was ultimately what I uh, came to realize as well. I kept trying to convince my wife if I could just get through this busy season, then we'd, we'd slow down mm. and we'd relax more. He also says workaholism is the most rewarded addiction of all. You, if you're addicted to alcohol or smoking or pornography or other things, it's it's always bad. Addicted to eating, but uh, if you're addicted to work, you're not condemned. You're praised for that yeah. as a hard worker and a guy who gets a lot done. Uh, and so he, uh, but I but I like uh, some of what uh, Newhoff says here because uh, he says, for instance, a sustainable pace is the solution for an unsustainable pace. Uh, and so if you're burning out, uh, the key is to, you can't keep going at that pace. Uh, you've got to find, well, what kind of pace could I do now that I could continue doing for the next 30 years and still be thriving and not burning out? Um, and, uh, and he's, he just has a number of uh, little, uh, sentences here and there that I think are, quite important. He, he also says, um, the reason other people don't value your time is because you don't. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, there's a lot of truth to that. Uh, uh, if people think that they can just kind of walk in on you at any time, or they can just call you at any time and they, they can just chit chat, uh, or just, uh, drop in and, and, and into your day whenever they feel like it, then clearly, uh, you have been sending the wrong kind of signals and the wrong kind of messages, and you've not uh, valued your time enough to create guardrails uh, from people doing that. And uh, and he says an interesting thing that I, I, I know you have to really wrestle with, but he'll, he'll really adamantly uh, declare that you do have enough time. You have enough time to do the things that are the most important. You don't have enough time to do everything, perhaps, that you want to want to do yeah. but you have enough time to do what you need to do and if you find yourself chronically w- without enough time then he would say you you've got to reorganize yourself and uh and there's cer- certain things that he would say um w- are going to be key to that and of course uh, we've talked a bit about this before but you know, for, for quite a while, it was really vo- in vogue to talk about uh, balance. You know, I did, you just need a balanced life. And I, I never could quite figure out what that meant. Um, how, do you, how do you live a balanced life? Does that mean that you always have a certain percentage of your day devoted to exercise and devotions and family time and personal time and study time and work time? I mean, uh, and so it, it all is uh, equally kind of delicately balanced and, and into precision. And he basically says, balanced people don't change the world. Passionate people do. Uh, he just says you need to abandon uh, your pursuit of balance because it's not practical and it's not even necessarily very effective. 
Um, and he would say that instead, um, there's a, a different way. And I, something else I thought was interesting as well is that uh, a lot of time management kinds of approaches, their whole focus is is essentially on how can you pack as much into your day as possible. So, you know, you're, you're, you don't have enough time to get everything done. So here's how you can uh, organize your day to get more done uh, and, and cram more into it. And maybe, you know, get up earlier, stay up later, uh, uh, you know, f- find more ways to use technology to get more things done in the day or whatever else. Uh, but he has a very different approach and I, I, I really like, uh, what he does. And it's, I guess in part, I've kind of been doing some of this. I just hadn't seen it explained this way, but he says that instead of, uh, organizing your day around your time or uh, necessarily around your tasks, he says, organize your day around your energy. And he has some interesting things to say about that. Um, he says that a lot of studies uh, show that really uh, most, uh, the average person probably has about four to maybe five good hours in them in a day. Mm-hmm. And that's their peak hours. When they feel good, they've got lots of energy, they're able to focus, their their creative juices are flowing. And he says, so you don't have eight hours of that. You've got four to five hours at best. Maybe think of it in terms of about four hours, good hours. So he says, um, and then now he says you've got some other hours that he would call the the yellow zone. And those are where you can still get stuff done, but they're not, it's not your best. You're not at your best. Uh, You, uh, you know, you can go to meetings, you can talk to people, you can answer some emails, but, uh, but the really highly creative stuff, problem solving, your your best people skill, you know, to, to relate to people takes energy. And so uh, yellow, you still have some energy, but it's diminished somewhat. And then he would say the red zone is basically uh, now you're tired. Now you're kind of zoned out. Now it's harder to concentrate. And mm-hmm. so he would say every per and he says, now it's different uh, for each person. Uh, some people are morning people, some are evening. But he said, if you were to monitor your energy throughout the day and kind of figure out about when you're running out of gas um, and and then chart that on your day, just put that on a on a on a, you know, a daily calendar and identify, well, when is my best time? Like like for me, I would I'd probably say, uh, you know, by nine o'clock in the morning. Uh, and maybe to early afternoon. Uh, so what he would say, and then later in the day, like I was never, I just could never do an all night study, uh, you know, blitz. Yeah. Uh, by about 10 o'clock at night, uh, I was better off going to sleep and being refreshed to take a test in the morning than I was to try to stay up until three in the morning. You know, three in the morning, I'm looking at the my notes and nothing's being retained. And yeah. so that's kind of deep, deep red zone where it's just nothing good like that's going to You're not productive. at your best at 3 a.m.? It's not going to happen. So <laughs> so what he would say, which I think is really good, is, is uh, so for instance, for me, he, what, what he would say is, so, so look at your tasks then and say, what tasks am I really, I mean, what am I getting paid to do? What, what is the primary stuff that I must do and I must do well? I can't mm-hmm. do second rate. I can't have it riddled with mistakes the next day. Um, 
And you know, like I found that there there are times in my day. For instance, if I'm if I'm doing kind of a final edit on a on a book manuscript I've written. Well, there's no point in doing that at 10 o'clock at night because I'm going to just miss stuff. I'm going to not be paying attention. If I do see something that doesn't sound right, I probably won't be able to come up with a better way of phrasing it. It's my mind's just not working right. So, but writing a book is really important. It's going to be in print. It's going to be out there for all to see. Uh, and so I don't want to put, I don't want to do that at the end of the day. I want to, I want to get that in my peak time. Uh, there might be that there's a big, uh, you know, sales meeting you're going to have where you're going to be pitching a, a product that could, could, uh, bring in a huge amount of business for your company. Well, you want to be at your best for that. You don't want to, you don't want to give that prime customer your leftovers. Uh, maybe there's a, a, a critical issue. Maybe you're planning for the future of your organization and you, you really got to think outside the box and come up with new ideas and fresh vision. Uh, that all deserves your green space. Uh, and so he would say, so schedule your most important work when you've got when you're at your best, essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, and what he would say, and there's certainly, uh, scientific evidence to suggest that, uh, you know, when you're, when you're in your peak performance time, you can get more done in an hour than you could in six hours in your off peak time. Uh, and it's creative work, it's breakthrough work and so on. And of course that's, um, that is invigorating when you're doing that, when, when you know you're doing what you're wired to do, kind of like the old uh, chariots of fire, you know, running and feeling the pleasure of God. It's like, yeah, I, this is what I'm wired to do. It's what I'm passionate about doing, and here I am at my best, doing what I do best, what the company, the organization needs me to do well. Uh, that feels great, and certainly I've you know I've given talks at all hours of the morning and evening. And, uh, there are certain times where it's like, okay, this is going to be brutal. I'm tired. I want to go to bed and we, I, and I'm still up here at the end of the day. And I just know it's I'm just not going to have the energy to knock it out of the park like I would like to. Uh, and so he says, um, schedule your most important work for your green zone. And then, uh, you know, lesser, it, it might be still work that needs to get done, but or the busy work. Uh, uh, busy work, uh, you know, then maybe that's when you're answering emails in your yellow zone. And you're maybe that's where you've got some routine meetings uh, uh, in your yellow zone. And you're uh, going through correspondence then or you're filing stuff or whatever. And, uh, and then red zone, interestingly, he said something that I kind of have wrestled with as well is that uh, he's a morning person and... I would say, I don't know if I call myself a morning person, but I, I definitely, that's when I get my best work done. Um, and, but he, he said something that's made me think a little bit because for me, uh, if I'm going to exercise, uh, I'd like to kind of do that, get that out of the way in the morning. And cause if I put it off later in the day around here in Georgia, it gets hot out if you're going to go running yeah. or you just get busy and then you don't want to have to work up a sweat and then have to go have a shower and so on. So I kind of figure, Hey, I'll exercise in the morning and then I'll have my morning shower and get cleaned up and so on. But he said, cause he was, he's a bike rider. And so he would go riding in the morning a lot of times, but he said, you know, but that was my green zone. He said, yeah. that's, that's when I am thinking the best. And here I am riding a bike. He said, now you can ride a bike in your red zone. You can, 
when your mind's kind of mush, you can still go out and exercise. And so he kind of changed that to say, why am I chewing up? Or, and, and he, he gives another example. And again, it's something I've done a lot over the years is, uh, breakfast meetings. And he would say again, now the morning, uh, and he, and he, he does say, and I kind of tend to agree with this. Um, he, he asked the question, do morning people have an advantage over evening people? Uh, you know, it might be the same amount of time and you might both be feeling in your peak kind of performance, uh, time, but, but he does say, typically if you're at your office at say seven in the morning, you, you probably don't have a lot of calls coming in. You don't have a lot of people sticking their nose in your door of your office. Yeah. And, and there's not as many noises just in general going on at that hour. And so he would say, you, you, you know, the productivity probably is going to be better then. So why, why go for a run then? And so I've got to think that through because I did go for yeah. a run this morning. Well, I, and, um, I've, and I've, I've been in that situation as well. And I, <clears throat> most of my life has been, you know, exercise first thing. Um, but I think since having kids, that has kind of been in a bit of a fluid state. And so, and I have had that thought before because if, you know, if I've only got an hour before the kids wake up or, so it's like, do I really want to use up essentially that entire time exercising, then washing up and getting ready and settled in to do 10 minutes of work before yeah. kids wake up? But I, I like that. I like the idea of, of pushing that off to a time when when your brain is kind of fried and you might as well do something that you don't really need your brain for. Yeah. And I mean, that, that might mean then, you know, your three-year-old is up and you might end up having to push her in a stroller while you're going for a jog. But, yeah. uh, so yeah, he, I, I think that's, uh, I, I think I've sort of intuitively done some of that just because I know if I've got, um, if I really need to do some serious thinking, maybe it's a big talk I'm, I'm working on, uh, I want to get showered and cleaned up and shaved and coffeeed up and sit down in the morning at my desk when it's all quiet at my house and office and uh, and just really think through very carefully how I want to give this talk. And uh, uh, and then there's other times where, uh, you know, someone will say, like, like uh, my son Daniel needs me to run him, drop him off this morning to drop his car off somewhere. And I'm happy to do that, but I kind of offer to do that after we do this podcast this morning. Kind of like I'm, I'm not in the writing zone then. I'm not in mm-hmm. sermon writing zone. That, but if I were to offer to do that first thing in the morning, um, you know, I, I mean, if you needed it, I guess I, that's when I'd do it. But, uh, but it, it's cutting into my most prime productivity time, and so yeah. uh, guarding that. And and he says. Um, you know, one other thing that I think is, is good too, well, he, he does say that you do probably have more time than you think you have. Mm-hmm. And I've always said that it's, we, we tend to squander it or we, or I find if I, if I'm in my red zone and I'm trying to do really important work, it may take me three times as long yeah. because my mind is mush and I'm trying to plod through, but I'm just not thinking quickly. You're just more prone to distraction as well. Yeah. I, I, I don't have that mental uh, resiliency at that point to sort of tune everything out and really focus. And so, uh, but he would say, even if you, you know, you're, you may not be the, now if you're the boss, then you certainly have more say over your schedule and you, you, you have the power if you'll choose to use it to reschedule some things or kind of 
sit out of some meetings and activities that are burning up a lot of your prime time. But um, but even if you work for someone and he and he does, uh, Sam, to your point, say if you've got young kids, uh, this is going to be challenging for you. But but even then, he would say all the more reason uh, to use your time wisely and to say, you know, okay, I don't have as much discretionary time. So yeah, that hour before the kids get up, what's the best use of my, maybe my A1 time right there? Yeah. Undistracted, I'm rested, I've got energy. What What's the most important thing I, I can get done and need to get done that, that would best be done without kids around to distract me? Yeah, my wife and I joke sometimes uh, when we think back to before we had kids and we just, we just kind of scratch our heads sometimes and think like, what on earth did we do with all that time? Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. because you just think like we have learned to be so much more productive in so much less time. Yeah, you know, and it's just like you know, it's just funny. You think back to other seasons of your life, and you think, man, we just had gobs and gobs and gobs of time. Yeah, and what we'd give for that now. Um, obviously, you know, raising the kids and stuff is is the most important thing. But yeah, you just you know, as one of my old professors once said, busy people get things done. And I think when you have a lot on your plate, you you have no choice but to prioritize and, and schedule and, and make the most of, of every opportunity. And I think you, you are in seasons where maybe raising kids is higher up on, you know, you can say, well, they, they're getting in the way of all the important stuff I have to do. And, and he would probably say, well, there are seasons where they are the priority. And yeah. And, Maybe this isn't the time for you to be writing a book or doing international travel as much or whatever else. You know, that's uh, there'll be a time for that. Uh, maybe that's not it right now. For sure. Well, let's take a quick break here, and uh, we'll wrap up when we come back. The CSB Experiencing God Bible invites you to know and experience God personally. In this revised and updated edition, based on the best-selling Experiencing God book and Bible study, you will be encouraged to focus on the major purpose of Bible reading, listening to God speak. Experiencing God features and study helps placed throughout the Bible provide an immersive reading experience that will guide and challenge you to respond to the invitations God offers to know Him, His purposes, and His ways. The Bible is on sale now at blackabystore.org, and you can find links to these in the show notes. Well, Richard, I really like uh, what uh, what this book has, has been saying so far, and it sounds like it's a book that uh, I think I would benefit from reading, actually. And uh, it reminds me a lot of some of the stuff, I think I think it's Kyle Newport says in his book, Deep Work, you know, sort of that idea of, of focusing around the things that are most important, not necessarily just making sort of a random schedule, but but working to your strengths. And uh, maybe just in the last few minutes here, um, what were some other takeaways from from, uh, Carrie's book? Well, maybe two last things or so. Um, Well, a couple of things, I guess. Like, for instance, he says that uh, for a lot of people later in the day, they're less efficient. And he, kind of a little disturbing, but he's talking about even uh, people, for instance, who do colonoscopies, which is, I don't know if I want to give you that mental image here Mm -hmm. to our listeners, but... But they're looking for polyps and you know danger signals of, of things um, in people's bodies. And interestingly, the, the studies showed that every hour that, that later in the day, uh, people looking for you know dangerous uh, signs 
basically were 5% less likely to find hmm. uh, the things they were looking for. And so you, you think, well, hey, this guy, he's paid all day long to do the same job, look for the same things. But studies have shown if, if you're going to get tested, he's saying, you want to be tested early in the morning. Um, yeah. Because if you're the last person being tested that day, their their uh, error rate is way way higher than it mm. was in the beginning of the day. And I, and it's interesting to me, even professionals that are you know you think that they do this all day long, they'd be good at it from beginning to end. But but as our energy wanes, uh, we tend to be more careless, more distracted, more thinking about what we've got when we we're getting home, and we just start to miss things. And so. I think it's it would be very interesting for our listeners if you just thought to yourself, so I need to just identify the most important things I, I can't make a mistake on. I need to be at my best, and I need to schedule that at my, my peak time of day, too. And he said something else that was interesting. He said studies show that sometimes it can take 25 minutes to refocus after a single distraction. So just mm. because you were studying, working on this talk you're going to give, and then someone stuck their head in your office door, and now it's going to take up to 25 minutes for you to get back in the same zone. Wow. into the And of course, that, that can also just be every time you're sitting at your desk working on something important, and then you get dinged by a social media uh, notification or an email comes in. And um, if you take time to look at it and then you think, well, I'm going to just check the news this morning and see what, what is going on. And, and then there's an interesting Facebook post. And before you know it, uh, to get yourself back in the same, uh, productive mindset you were in before can take as, as long as 25 minutes. So trying to protect yourself as, as best you can, whether it's just turning off your phone, turning off your notifications, I think uh, Carrie says at this point he doesn't even uh, he'll he'll turn his phone off uh, and or or he'll he'll block it so that only maybe his immediate family can ring through. Uh, he doesn't even put his phone in his bedroom at night anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of things you can do to kind of really protect yourself. But um, but I, one last thing he says, which I've kind of I've tried to practice. Uh, but he said, you know, there's always people that just don't value your time like like you should be valuing it. And they'll say things like, uh, you know, and we've all had this, where they'll say, hey, Sam, are you free on Saturday? <laughs> and you know, you're thinking, that's, nev- that's never a good question. I mean, that's, it's always loaded, right? So yeah. it's like, what, are, they, are you moving a piano on Saturday? Are you having a boring party that you can't get anyone to go to? That, uh, you know, what, uh, and, and so I've had to learn... When someone says, are you free on Saturday, uh, I I pretty well just have gotten to the point of saying, I'm never free. Yeah. I, I, I always have something I'm doing. And, and when you write books and blogs and things, you you always have something to do. Yeah. If, if you travel a lot and you're home on a Saturday, you've got all kinds of stuff around the house to do. So I, I never like to say I'm free uh, because then when they invite you to some boring activity they're doing at their house, it can get really awkward to try to decline it or get out of it. But, uh, uh, and so he says, you know, even quite far out in your year, um, you know, that's where it's good just to kind of claim a a schedule. And so for instance, if you know that, 
maybe Saturday mornings are the time you devote to be around your kids. And maybe, you know, I know you guys make pancakes and, mm-hmm. and have kind of family time, family breakfast. So if someone comes up to you and says, hey, Sam, are you free Saturday morning? Well, you don't even know what it is yet. They're asking for, but I have a standing obligation. Yeah, you, I, you, morning, I've got. You know? you know what? I actually have a commitment on Saturday morning, and they don't have to know that it's you make pancakes for your two little, your the three girls in your house. Uh, they, you just say I've got a commitment, and I mean, there's some people that are socially awkward enough. They may ask, well, well, what is it? Is it? And um, you can say, well, I've got a commitment to my family. And if they're really socially awkward, well, what is that? Uh, you know, you could say, well, it's that's it's our personal time, and uh, that we we uh, it's very sacred to me, and I don't let just anything interrupt it. And uh, sometimes you have to really spell it out to people. But uh, but he just said, if if you block off uh, time for the most important, and you can you can project that out in your calendar, you can have that a a repeating event, you know, every Saturday morning, uh, uh, eight till, till noon is family time at the ranch. And now you may be doing chores, you might be doing various things, but now you can, and you can always, you know, uh, overrule it sometime if there's something really special going on, that's unusual, something that you really want to do, but it does protect you from Mm -hmm. people just, coming in. And of course, it, when, no one is, is going to come to you trying to help protect your time. They're not going to yeah. say, Sam, I'm just really concerned that you don't have enough time at home with your family. So I really want to encourage you to not do anything this Saturday. They're, no, they've got a party and they want some people to come and or they've got to do some work, uh, move a, a, some, a shed at their house and they want you to come and help and neglect your family. And so... If you're not going to value your time and protect it, uh, then no others will not value it as well. And so, right. I, I think it is an interesting concept to say if you are are worn out, if there's important things that just keep being left undone in your life, uh, you have just as much time in your day as the most productive, prolific people on the face of the earth have. And so, but the the difference is they're focusing on what can accomplish the most, and and so he he basically says the maybe the last thing is just there there are just some people that you just are going to have to say no to. There are just some activities that, and it doesn't mean they're bad people. It doesn't mean that they're not worthy of people being their friend. But uh, but if it's going to prevent you from doing your most important work, whether it's spending time with your own family getting your job done with excellence, then uh, you owe it to yourself to say, hey, I, I wish, uh, thanks, I'm I'm honored that you'd want me to come to your party. I, I, I wish I could, but I, I, I just, I can't, I can't fit that in. I'm sorry. Thanks mm-hmm. for thinking of me. Uh, but valuing what you must get done as a dad, a husband, an employee. Um, and so I just, if I had the time, I'd be glad to. And, and you can always, if you really are serious about that and protecting your time, then you will always have, you will free up a lot of time. So you can have some discretion now and then to, you know, do something nice for someone, to perhaps minister to them, just give yeah. them some time. But you don't have to be just always, always aloof and apart. But, uh, but make sure that you are comfortably doing all the stuff you must do first. Then you can kind of see what time you've got left and you can intentionally uh, schedule some of that in as well. 
Well, good. Well, this is a great reminder, uh, I think, to all of us. And uh, as always, we'll leave uh, links to Carrie's book in the show notes. And until next time. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If this is something you enjoyed, it really makes a difference if you leave a review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. We always love hearing from our listeners. So email us at podcast at blackv.org.